I'm talking this morning about the gift of authority. Now, it goes without saying, one gentleman writes, Adrian Rogers, without saying that at the home is the basic that if the home is the basic unit of society, and if Jesus Christ builds our homes, then Satan, in order to undo the work of Christ and to wreck society, has leveled his most fiery darts against the home. I'm talking about here as I lead up into a series of the home and church and personal life, the gift of authority. I was actually just listening this morning and uh, I was listening to the Bible, and as I was doing my things, and something struck me, and I was reading my devotions with my daughter. We just bought these little books, and they're illustrated, and they, they're reading the Bible for our daughter, and we do our devotions in the morning and the evening, and just trying to get her, and something stuck, struck my mind as well, and in Genesis chapter 1, and God said, verse 28, God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it. God says from the very beginning, God's given an authority structure. And Satan has a five-fold plan. His number one plan is to dethrone God, get us to believe that God is a mere figment of imagination. Adrian Rogers, the Satan, he, he puts this five-fold plan out, and I thought it was very good. I wanted to mention it too before we come to Proverbs 24. Satan's plan is to debase men. Man is a mere animal. God is a superstition. Satan's plan is to deny Christian morals. Get rid of the boundaries. Satan's plan is to destroy the family. If no God, no morals, and Satan can disintegrate the family. And last of all, Satan's plan is to dominate the world. Well, immorally, you know, immorality is the archenemy of the family. As you think on these very truths, the, the, the very first thing is the obedience. Now, sometimes we think of authority, whether it be a dad or anything else, we think of it as an obstacle to overcome, to jump over, to ride over, to ramrod over, whatever the case. And I want to put forth today that God in his structure has given us the very wisdom of all of society and authority is actually a gift, not a burden. Now, I, I, I'm giving you the, what it should be. I understand there has been gross overreach, gross violations of this, okay? So I, I want to put that forward. But I want to give you the truth that God, authority done God's way, God's means. If you look in Proverbs chapter 24, I want you to look with me here. This is what God's desire is for our personal life, our home life, our marriage, and church life and even in government. In Proverbs chapter 24, through wisdom is an house builded. Now we spoke about, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. We spoke about that last week. The, you must accept the exception. But God tells us through wisdom is in house building. I mentioned that God has a blueprint, but not only does he give us a blueprint, he gives us a step-by-step -step instruction in our lives of how to establish a house. Personal home, if you're by yourself, your own home. However, I mean, your home with your kids and family or by yourself, whatever the case, whatever your placement is God has given us the wisdom is in house builded and by understanding 
right? I, a teacher can give you instruction, a professor or some uh, person who's a teacher up front can give you instruction, but if you don't understand it, it's not going to do you a lot of good. But by understanding, you implement, you act out what you've been told to do. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. God says, listen, I want to build this house. And I've got a lot to this today. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be able to finish it. But without obedience to God and the structure he's established, because he said in the very beginning, subdue it. God has given the man and the woman to subdue the earth. Humanity is to be a steward over this earth. Take care of it. Do you realize that in every leadership relationship you have, Christ over the church, husbands and wives, fathers to children, mothers to children, government over citizens, that there is a head. There's always a head. Look with me at Romans 13.1. There is always a leader. Whether you want to recognize it, whether you want to uh, follow that, that's your own prerogative. But there is always a leader. And there's an ultimate leader. Now, the choice is, through wisdom, is in house build it. You have a choice. Am I going to follow the wisdom that God has set forth? Because as we've been going over on Thursday night, only God was there in the beginning. Only God can give us the instructions on how to do life. He's the creator. He's the artist. He's the, he's the architect. He's given us instructions. Through wisdom, is in house build it. Now, it says, let every, verse, chapter 13 of Romans, verse 1, let every soul be subject to the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Now, it goes on there, whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. And it talks about uh, rulers are not a terror to good works. Now, we found some very evil t- rulers, but, but what I want to understand is that in all of these powers that be, Home, church, government, they are ordained of God. Now, those rulers are accountable to God. If they lead incorrectly, God help them. Because if they abuse, never in the Bible, never in the Bible do we ever read of God saying, You know, when he talks about the kings of Israel, he'll talk to take care, essentially he's saying, take care of my people. As a pastor, feed my sheep. He never says they're the pastor's sheep. They're God's sheep. They're not the pastors. They're always the Lord's. Because he bought us. No one belongs to me. Everyone belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ if you're saved. But what we must do is bend our will to the authorities, and if we don't, great problems come. We're going to be looking at each and every one of our foundational elements because it is here where we have the wisdom to build. You must look at the authority structure that God created and realize it is a gift, not a structure to be resisted and rebelled against. However, if a leader fails properly to feed God's sheep, now understand in the immediate context in John where Jesus would say this, and I'll talk more about this. He's talking about like a pastor over the sheep, but... I'm saying as a parent over my daughter, as a mother over the child, you're a leader. And that child is ultimately God's that they gave you. My wife is a gift from God. A husband is a gift to a wife. It is only in God's wisdom that a house, a home, a life, and a church and a nation can truly be prosperous. 
through wisdom is a house builded. And by understanding it is established, and by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. This is a critical issue to your life, your family, your marriage, your citizenship, and God's church. We must get the Lord's wisdom to build a solid home. We must get the Lord's wisdom to have a victorious Christian life, a Christian church, a Christian marriage. And if we fail to submit to the leadership the Lord has ordained, and if a leader fails to feed the sheep as God has directed, there will be casualties every time. God has given a divine command to all leaders, and I will discuss it today, but we must understand. Look with me in Acts 17, 24. This message was so heavy on my heart. I, I'm like, Lord, I don't know how to put this together, and I was just praying this week, and Lord, I need your help, and there was a lot of things going on this week, and, and it was so heavy on my heart, and as I was just even reading the devotions this morning, and I was listening to Scripture this morning, and, and I was thinking about this all week long, I thought, oh my, this just makes sense. Because God's word always makes sense if we're willing to follow. In Acts 17, 24, the Bible tells us, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, well, not in temples made with hands. I want you to understand that he is the Lord of heaven and earth. And as such, in his authority, he is the authority. If a government treats its citizens wrong, there will be punishment on that government. I believe that we're seeing that today in our nation. I believe down in our southern neighbor, we're seeing punishment. And in our world today, if a father or a mother mistreat their children, there's punishment. If a pastor mistreats God's people, there's punishment. We must realize that the restructure of God is a gift, not a burden or thing to resist. And we in your respective leadership role, must feed those whom God has entrusted to your care. Let's pray. Our dear heavenly and gracious Father, Lord, I yield this morning to thee. I thank you for your grace to preach your holy word. Father, I need your help. It's your message to your people. Father, this is a privilege. Lord, I need your help this morning. Speak through me. Lord, we need your power and your presence in our lives. Father, may we understand, and rather than fighting and trying to do it our own way, may we realize that the authority structure that you have created is a gift. And as a gift, we would receive it as you have structured it. Because, Father, you have a plan for our lives. You love us and care for us. Lord Jesus, I need your help. And I pray for the person in the pew today, maybe they've seen a gross overreach of leadership. In fact, not a leadership, a dictatorship and tyrant and just selfishness, abusing your people in the respective role. Father, I pray that you would just help us in our hearts and minds to realize that what you've given, and Lord, to, that's the expectation for our lives. Father, these are your people. You love them. I love them. And God, we just pray for your help. I pray for anyone this morning that is not saved. Maybe they've never settled the decision of Jesus Christ, thinking, well, I think I am. I should be. But when I pray this morning, they'd settle that very decision, that Jesus is the only way. So, Father, I commit this into thy hands. I love you. 
In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen. I want you to notice with me, if you think about this, that the builder of relationships is God. As I thought about this, that in the, even in the beginning with Adam and Eve, God didn't want Adam to be alone. God is for relationships. We are humans. We need relationships. If there's anything I learned from, at the most from COVID and all that isolation and all of that, uh, it was I longed for a handshake, a hug, and I missed people. I missed you. And the Bible tells us in Psalm 127.1, as I had mentioned the last few weeks, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. We're trying to build a society outside of the Lord, trying to build homes upon human philosophy. And the results are not what we're desiring. We're trying to build marriages and families outside of the Lord's leading. And I'd like to expand on this and show to the depths that this building and leadership extends to your life. Now, look with me at Mark chapter 6, verse 3. I want you to note, except the Lord build the house. But you want to know something here that's amazing. What was Jesus' occupation? What was his first occupation? Mark chapter 6, verse 3. Mark 6, 3. Is not this the carpenter? Jesus is a carpenter. Except the Lord build the house, I have a master carpenter. Hallelujah. You give me a, try to do, have me do carpentry, and we're in a big world of hurt. Now, if you tell me what to do and how to do it exactly, I will do my best. We're going to do a lot of renovations this summer. I'm not leading it. I've got men that, there's men that are helping. They know how, what they're doing. I'm so thankful God gave them that ability. But, you know what? Jesus is a carpenter. We have someone that knows how to build. He designed the world. I think he can, I think he can give us some instruction. And then Psalm 147, 2, The Lord, that's Jehovah, doth build up Jerusalem. He gathered together the outcasts of Israel. He gathers all the people unto himself. Zechariah 14, 9, And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day there shall be one Lord, and his name one. Isaiah 44, verse 24, in the portion of that, I am the Lord that maketh all things. Talking about stretching the heavens and all of that. I mean, he's the creator of all heaven and earth. Jesus is a carpenter. I don't find it a coincidence that he is a carpenter. In Matthew 16, 18, look with me here. Jesus is never done with building. To take a building is to take raw resources and construct them into something that's very useful. If you have a ton of two-by-fours or two-by-sixes, as we're going to do out on the front part of the building there, and putting up a whole bunch of other stuff here, putting up external insulation, all of that, those raw resources, if they just sit on the ground, they're not going to do a lot of good. You need someone that knows how to use those resources with other resources like lumber and steel, lumber and nails or galvanized, whatever you want. I don't know what you need, but anyways, nails or screws. And you put them together and you screw them and some power and energy you put into it and it builds something. In Matthew 16, 18, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter and upon this rock I, I, that's Jesus, 
will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Who is the builder of a church? Jesus Christ is. It's not going through all these programs and all these hype and entertainment and all this stuff trying to... Jesus builds a church. I just got to do it his way. I got to figure out what the blueprints are. I got to figure out through wisdom in a house building. What's the wisdom that God's given to build his church? 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Look with me here. First Corinthians chapter 3. I'm reading a book right now on some child rearing and working through it, and, and uh, it's down the road for some future studies and future messages. But as I was reading it, something just stood out. He said the first thing you really need in the home is obedience. And that's more than just compliance. It's an attitude of the heart that willfully desires to follow what whoever, is, whoever the authority is that's telling. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9, For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and other buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon, thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. You're going to have some hard times in your life that's going to reveal where your foundation is. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is, if any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. If God says your laborers together with God, building his, right, you're his husbandry, his laborers, building God's building. Not only that, he said you're God's temple. Then, you know, in God's temple, we ought to do things God's way in God's temple. Because it's not my temple, it's God's temple. So in God's temple, we want to follow God's outline, God's directions, right? I mean, if I come into your house and I start moving things around, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not your house. It's my house. Who are you to come into my house and start moving my spices and moving my furniture? You're like, okay, it's time for you to leave. So God says, your body, if you're a Christian, and you know Jesus Christ, he says, you're God's temple. But you know what? In your house, you care for your belongings. You care for what's there. You care for how people treat the stuff in your house. And so does God. Now, I'm just laying that as a foundation that every building needs instructions to be built. Every marriage needs instructions to have a good marriage. Every family with children needs instructions for how to have, you know, a family that would honor and please the Lord. For your own personal life as God's temple. 
you need instructions on how to conduct your life because God is holy. He's perfect. He's pure. He's loving. He's caring. He's peaceful. I mean, God has a plan. I'm just trying to lay this foundation because it says that, that Jesus is the foundation. For other foundation can no man lay. You have no better foundation than Jesus. You have to have a fundamental foundational aspect upon which all of your life is built. Now, as you build on that foundation, there's going to come adversity in your life, and that adversity that you face is going to determine, or is going to display, I wouldn't say determine, but it's going to display where your foundation is. Because storms of life only reveal how strong the structure is. They don't make a strong structure. Storms of life determine what is your foundation. I hope, that un- I hope that's coming across. Now, in this whole building of any relationship, from a parent to a child, from a husband to a wife, a wife to a husband, pastor to the, ch- to the, to the church, uh, there's, you know, from a government to its citizens, there is a relationship. I'd like you to turn with me to John chapter 21. John chapter 21. If you are only so strong as what your foundation is. So the better your foundation, the better you will fare in the storms of life. You will handle storms or not handle. Many people, when they come to great times of trying, they fall apart, give up. I'm not doing, I'm done with God. I'm mad at God. He didn't answer my prayer the way I wanted him to. Well, you're only, in in that kind of idea, the mindset is that I will, I will listen. I may not apply, but I'll listen And I'll go that direction as long as it's favorable to me. Now, in that mentality, if it's favorable to me, you are your foundation. God is not. Now, God has given us relationships. He says, ye. He's talking, you know, in the 1 Corinthians, he's talking about here, the church, you know, the church of Corinth, you're God's building. Now, we happen to have a building that we meet in, but the building itself really is the people. We could meet in a cave if we had to. We could meet out in the bush somewhere we, if we had to. It just so happens we have a nice warm building, and I'm thankful for that. I'd rather meet here than I would out in a cave or out in the bush. <laughs> okay? But in John chapter 21, verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter. Jesus has already risen from the, from the dead. Okay? Saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved. 
He said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto them, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto you, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee, whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. The idea here of feeding is to watch out for people, to shepherd, to, of an activity to protect, to rule, to govern, to foster. As a parent, you protect your child. Rule, govern. Now, that word feed there is directly used in Acts chapter 20, verse 28, and 1 Peter 5, 2. Speaking of, like a pastor, feed my sheep, God says. And I'll talk about that here in a bit, but I'm, not, I'm building up to that. And so the direct context is obviously of a pastor feeding God's sheep. But that word feed is elsewhere translated in Matthew 2, 6, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. That's speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Feed and rule. It's elsewhere. Feed is sometimes, but it's elsewhere translated rule. Because feeding is to oversee... And it's implying a nourishment and a growth. And as I was pondering on this, I, kind of the idea of feed my sheep. Now I understand the context, like a pastor to a sheep, but in Isaiah 53, 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You know, the process of feeding is for growth or life, nutrition, health. Growth is the process all of life was ordained to produce. Death was the result of defying God's leadership structure. Genesis 1.28, come with me here, where I started off, the beginning of this message. Where God started with feeding. He fed the earth. He watered the earth. He gave nutrition to the earth. Everything was in place because the foundation was solidly set on the Lord. When that feeding structure was altered, the relationship was altered, death came, or death ensued. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, verse 28 of Genesis 1, and multiply and replenish the earth. Hey, Replenish it. Let it grow and grow and grow. And subdue it. Have authority over it. I mean, Adam would name the animals. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. I mean, we, are to, we were created to spiritually grow close to the Lord. Animals are to grow and reproduce. Your marriage is to grow closer together to one another. Your, your family is to grow and reproduce. Your church is to grow. Your nation is to grow. Growth is the absolute command of God. But the question is, is how does something grow? It is fed. Jesus commanded, Peter, feed my sheep. Peter would be the first pastor of the church of Jerusalem. He was to take the lead as a pastor over the people. Now, this command of feed my sheep is always given from a leadership position to others. God, as a leader, he gives us feed my sheep. The leader sets the example. Look with me at Mark 6.34. 
you know what, I, the more I study and I look at God's Word, I am overwhelmed. <laughs> man, God put everything right. And man messes it up. Because we think we have a better solution. But you can't get anything better than the best. Because it's already the best. Now if we modify it, then we ruin it. I remember projects I would be doing back in university days. And, you know, we've got it, everything's working, all the code and everything on the project that we were working on and putting all these circuits together. And, you know, and you're continually tweaking and you're moving, and they're like, okay, leave it alone, leave it alone, don't touch it, it works, everything's good. Well, I can fix this and alter this and modify it, and then it's broken. You're like, oh, seriously. Five hours later, you know, you're just like, you know, through the night working hard and trying to get it all, and you're like, oh. Finally got it. Should have just stayed with it the way it was, you know. <laughs> we do that many times. In Mark chapter 6, verse 34, And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people, and was moved with compassion towards them. Because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. What does Jesus do? He feeds. What is, he feeds them. Jesus is concerned with the temple of God being fed, Jesus feeds you personally. Matthew 26, 31. You see, if you're going to be a great dad, a great mom, if you're going to be a great leader, a great a husband, wife, you're going to be a great pastor, you need to be personally fed by the shepherd. You need to get the authority structure. You need... And, and, when I, and, I, and you might say, well, that sounds really harsh. No, I'm telling you. When someone wants to feed your inner soul and nourish and encourage and build you up to be all you were made to be, it's a person I want to be fed from. In Matthew 26, 31, the Bible tells us, and then saith Jesus unto them, all ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. When a shepherd leaves, or a shepherd is destroyed, it hinders and hurts those who are following. When a husband, or a wife, or a parent leaves a home, many times there's a scattering of the children, of the spouse. There's a great problem that ensues. I see a true leader, John chapter 10, turn with me here to another passage of Scripture. Now, I, I'm just giving the ideal of what things should be. And I understand in all of our lives, we have all deviated from this. Every one of us have deviated from this structure. Every one of us have messed up. So I'm not, it's not... Like, oh, I'm the worst of all. It's not about being the worst of all because we've all, we've all fallen short. We've all messed up. And it's not a condemnation. It's to say, hey, this is what God has, so let's just see what God has for my life where I'm at so I can get to the place which is within the structure that he's created. So it's not condemning you. I'm not, I hope you don't take this at all as condemning. It's not condemning. I'm just saying this is what God's call is to be. We've all messed up. We've all done things we shouldn't have done. And you're like, oh man, if I could redo it. 
man, I, you know what, I, if I could reduce some things. So don't take it as like, oh, well, I'll never match up to that, so I guess I'll give up. I, again, please don't take me this way. But God's desire, he says, I want to give you instructions to feed you. Feeding is because where you're at, I want to move you to the place of being healthy. That's God's desire. In John chapter 10, verse 11, the Bible says, I am the good shepherd. This is Jesus speaking. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling, and not the shepherd... Whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming, and leaveth the sheep, and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them, and scattereth the sheep. Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd, I give my life. Jesus sets the example, I'm not moving when the storms and the trials and the afflictions come. And I know many of you have faced some extreme trials. And many of you have not given in, and I'm so thankful for that. Things haven't necessarily gone the way you've desired, but you haven't given in. You're here this morning, and I want to say thank you. But he's saying as a shepherd, Jesus doesn't lay down because trouble is coming and danger is in the way. As the good shepherd, and if you apply that principle of Jesus, who is the perfect example to you as a parent, to you as a husband or a spouse, to you, uh, to myself as a pastor, when trouble and others are attacking... You don't just run because there's problems. You stand in the structure that God has given with God's protection and let God be the protector and the guider. A hireling, a pastor, will say, oh, there's problems coming. Huh, I'm out of here. Stinks to be you guys. I'm gone. I'm going to where there's greener pastures. It's a little bit hard. They don't like me as much as I thought they would. A hireling runs because it's just a job. Jesus, as the shepherd, they're his. They're your children. That's your spouse that God has entrusted to you to care for. Don't run. Don't flee. You know what God did? Look with me at Ephesians chapter 6. Christ is to lead and feed. And in every relationship of this nourishment and feeding, there's always God's desire is feed, grow, nurture. So whatever you're feeding and nurturing and growing will come to full fruit, come to full harvest. In Ephesians 6, 4, Ephesians 6.4 I found a word that I found quite interesting in God's word this morning. Many people, Christians, have followed a world philosophy, found themselves outside of the structure. They look at the Bible and they said, I can never do this. Well, we can't. But if I'm being fed by the shepherd and I'm continually having that time with him in the word of God and being fed and nurtured and grown, then I can be, in my respective role as a leader, what God wants me to be to help others to grow. As you think on this in Ephesians 6, 4, the Bible tells us, and ye fathers, 
Provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That word nurture is the act of providing guidance for responsible living, upbringing, training, instruction. Uh, in our literal, chiefly, is, as is by discipline and correction. Nurture is a word that means the whole training and education of children, which relates to the cultivation of mind and morals, and employs for this purpose now commands and admonitions, now reproof and punishment. That <clears throat> there from the uh, Bauer, Denker, Art, and Gingrich lexicon, but as you think about this, he says, nurture, like feed, because it also says that Jesus, that idea of feed was also rule. Well, in ruling, there's sometimes someone gets out of line and God gives us correction. A parent gives correction. Another one, Freiburg, he says, teaching, admonition, warning, about the word admonition, teaching, warning, ethical and corrective instruction regard to a belief or behavior. You know, and, and Second Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, excuse me, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So the idea here of uh, nurture is also translated as instruction. This is all the idea of through wisdom is in house build it, right? There's feeding. Counsel or admonition. Right? A man that, out, uh, you know, in Titus 3.10 talks about that. Deuteronomy 6.7, look with me here. I'm not getting as far as I thought I would today, but that's okay. But there is a gift of authority because authority is supposed to feed. Authority in God's structure feeds, nurtures, admonishes, and grows. That's what God set up. In Deuteronomy 6, 7, let's look at verse 6 of Deuteronomy chapter 6. These words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Look with me at verse 20 of the same chapter. And when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, What mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you? Then thou shalt say unto thy son, We were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders great and sore upon Egypt, upon Pharaoh, and upon all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from thence that he might bring us in to give us the land which he sware unto our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is at this day. If a son comes to you and says, Dad, why do we do this? Your child comes. Why do we pray? Why do we go to church? Why do we do this? Why this? Why this? You diligently teach. You feed. You feed. 
But not only, and the Bible also says in 1 Timothy 5.8, turn with me here, and I'm going to have to finish. Let me see where I'm at. I don't have time to keep going, but 1 Timothy 5.8. You know what? The feeding of your family is not only physical, or excuse me, not only spiritual. You also need to feed their, their mouths, right? We all need food. We like to eat. Eating is good. I'm going to eat after this. I go home. I think my wife has a roast on. I'm excited for it. But eating is good. But God says, I want you to feed, you know, as, a, as husbands, fathers, feed your children. Teach them diligently. Give them the nutrients to grow the way God wants them to grow. 1 Timothy 5.8, the Bible tells us, But if any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the face that is worse than an infidel. God says, hey, dads, I want you to provide the food for your family. Now I understand sometimes mothers work and all that, but, but here God says, listen, husbands, dads, provide the food for your family. Work, work hard. He says you're like an infidel if you're not providing for your family. The idea of feeding is so intrinsic to the scriptures. I mean, it's, it, it's here. Because in the beginning, God created everything to grow. That's the original design. Everything was to grow and be nurtured and reproduce and reproduce and, you know, plants and flowers and all these things for the consumption of man. Except the Lord build the house, and through wisdom is in house builded, the, the instructions and the blueprints are all laid out. Now it's our responsibility to apply in our respective roles. If you're a husband, if you're a father, these are the things that God has called you to do. I'll talk about mothers and feeding and nourishing. You know, a mother that brings up children, nourishes in the way of the Lord, much like Timothy had. Able to make the wise into salvation through faith. You know, Timothy would learn salvation from his mother and grandmother because his dad was a lost man. And, uh, but this morning, as you think on these truths, you might be saying, well... There's things in my life that maybe aren't the way that I wanted them to go. You know what? That's okay. It's not okay, but the Lord understands that we've all fallen short. We've all messed up. So now let's see what God wants me to do, how to build my life, my home, the way He wants to. Where I'm at. Because none of us, we're all equal. There's no one person here, well, I'm better than so-and-so because I didn't do such-and-such. If we begin to think that way, you're going to get discouraged and you're going to say, I don't want a part of God because you're looking at other people. Don't compare yourself with others. Don't compare yourself, well, I could never do this. Yes, you can. God wouldn't give instructions that you can't do. He wouldn't give me instructions I couldn't do. Because if you love someone, you're going to give them instructions that will help. When a coach, we saw some of the hockey, you know, the little guys last night. When the coaches are giving these little guys instructions, they're not going to try to give them the same skills that they've given someone that's been in, you know, been playing hockey for 15 years. God takes us where we're at. 
to give us the instructions, the feeding, the nourishing. I'm not talking, you know, when I'm training, our daughter's doing some schooling right now. I'm not giving my daughter calculus to learn. She's still happy if she can get 1 to 10 or 1 to 20 or wherever she's at. She's feeding and nourishing where we're at. And that's what God wants to do, where you're at. To feed and nourish you in the structure that he has established for you and your family and your marriage and your home and your personal life to be all that he's made it to be. Satan destroys, and he's hurt a lot of people. So don't beat yourself up. But I would encourage you this morning, if you would just say, you know what, maybe I could learn a thing or two. I'm willing to, I'm willing to follow. I'm willing to follow the Lord. I'm willing to be fed in the structures that God has established. I'm willing to submit in the structures that God has established. And I'll follow Him. Because as a great shepherd, He always feeds. And you can do no better than to be fed by the One who created it all. Through wisdom is in house building. I trust, we'll continue this study next week, but I trust that as you think on these truths this morning, you would settle in your heart I'm ready to grow. I'm ready to be nourished and built up. To have a house, a home, a personal life that is pleasing to the Lord. There's not one person here. Don't compare yourself. If Satan puts these thoughts, well, so-and-so thinks this about me, those are all lies. Don't take those lies and throw them out. You are as important to God as every person here. You are not as insignificant. Every one of you was such a love of God upon his heart that he went to the cross for you. So please don't condemn yourself. But you can say, maybe I haven't done it the structure the way God has. Lord, would you help me to do it right? And you know what? God will take that. God will bless it. If you'll simply just be willing to get in the soil and the structure to let God feed you and you'll grow. We'll see God's church grow if we do it God's way. So as we come to the time of invitation this morning, number one, have you ever accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Well, is he your shepherd? Have you ever asked him to forgive you of your sins and be your savior? Do you know for sure if you pass from this life into the next, you know for sure if you got to heaven and God says, why should I let you in? You could give him a Bible answer that you trusted Jesus Christ alone for faith, and he is the only way. You trusted him alone to forgive you of all your sins. You repent, and you're saved. And Christian, we've got to realize that the authority that God has established is a gift, not something to be pushed against and rebelled against. To be embraced, received, not resisted. So with heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, in a time of quietness, no music playing this morning, when you're done praying, look up. I'll conclude us in prayer. But I trust this has got us to think that I want wisdom to grow. God's given everything we need to grow and be nourished and fed if you're only willing to listen and abide. With heads bowed and eyes closed, when you're done praying, look up, and I'll conclude us in a word of prayer this morning.
pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for just the words from your word, Lord, your eternal word that, uh, Father, you want us to build our foundation upon something solid, unmoving. And Father, I know we all get weak at times, and Lord, we get discouraged, and we want to give up, throw in the towel. Father, you know where we're at. And Lord, I just pray that this morning's message fed your people, encouraged and strengthened them. Lord, through wisdom is in house build it, and Father, we need a lot of your wisdom. We need your heart. And I pray that you'd help every person to realize and learn about your heart, that you love us so much. God, that we would follow the lead, we'd be fed and grow and nourished. In the eternal word of God, and should there be someone this morning that's not saved, I pray before they leave, they'd settle that decision. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring for us. Draw us forever to thee. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for each and every person that's here this morning. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you tonight.